This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. How many have been enjoying the last two weeks on Lego? How many have personally added uh, to your Christmas wish list that you want to take yourself to Legoland in Toronto? Right? All three of us? Okay, that's good. That's good. I don't know about you, but Lego, one of the things that's really interesting about Lego, this doesn't happen with a lot of companies, but Lego has actually increased in popularity. When it started in 1953, actually it started in 1932, but when it actually got to Lego brick building, 1953, it's actually grown in popularity. Um, And since... Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but since the year 2000, in other words, the last 16 years, the, um, the, uh, the value of Lego and its company has actually increased more than gold has. Last 16 years, a company called Lego, all about a little tiny brick. Isn't that crazy? Well, I want to start this morning with a game. Are you ready for a game? Now, we need audience participation. Uh, you can stay in your seats, thankfully, but we need audience participation, and I want you guys to, to, to flow with me here this morning. I want you, I'm going to put up a couple of uh, Lego figurines on the screen behind me, and I want you to guess how much you think they're worth. Are you ready? Okay. First one is Yoda. New York, I love you. It was a collector's item. New York, I love you. Of course, he, had, he didn't say I love New York because that would be backwards to what Yoda speaks like. So it's New York, I love you. And uh, how many can do a Yoda impression? Okay, well, we'll do that next Sunday. All right, that's awesome. They were made in 2013. They were a Toys R Us exclusive. Only 1,000 were made worldwide. Guess how much do you think they are? Oh, you're going real high. You're going real high. Wow. What was that? 250 bucks? Telly's the closest. She's the, she wins the prize. It's $340 U.S., 340 U.S., all right? The next one's Mr. Gold. I love Mr. Gold. He's cool. Mr. Gold was made. Uh, only 5,000 were made worldwide. Guess how much he's worth? Uh, a little higher. Uh, a little higher. Yeah, $2,500, right? $2,500 for Mr. Gold. Do you want to know why? Because he was made of gold. All right. Okay. Third one, one of my favorites, Solid Gold Boba Fett, Right? Come on now, for those that love their Star Wars, guess how much? But before I get to that uh, question, actually, guess how many were made? Two. Right? Two. And they were, they were given away at a Legoland uh, um, event that happened in 2014. Only two were made. Right? Guess how much? Close. 11,500. We're a little less. 11,500. Okay, last one. Are you ready for this one? Here's the aluminum Jupiter, Juno, and Galileo. For those that didn't know about these guys, they're actually right now currently en route to Jupiter in, in a satellite. En route. Guess how much they're worth? $2.1 billion. Why, you ask? Because you actually have to go get it to get it. Now, if you actually go find the satellite en route to Jupiter and you get them and you sell them for $2.1 billion, I want to be a part of your will. Anyhow... It's awesome. But you know what? Lego has incredible value. But you know what? I have some news for you. You're valuable too. And you have to understand that sometimes we look at certain things around us and we place greater value on certain people or we place greater value on certain things. And when God looks at you, he sees a masterpiece. 
Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you, take, uh, you can't take credit for this, for it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. I'm so thankful for that, right? So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are not common. You are unique. I know some of you say, well, I'm a twin. It doesn't matter. You're still not exactly like your twin. Right, Kendra? Right, Jeff? Right? Brady and Brody aren't here. They're very much alike. Still, Brady and Brody, it's like to this, how many years has it been, Nikki? Eight years. Where's Nikki? I saw her in here. Eight years, and I'm like, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that Brody wears his Toronto Maple Leafs hat and that Brady wears his Ottawa Senators hat, because if not, I am still guessing. So I can't tell. Some people, you just can't tell. Others, it's like, yep, I can tell. I can tell, right? But you are unique. There's nobody else on the planet that is quite like you. Your, your abilities are unique. And for some of us, this would really hit home. Your personality is unique. Right? God's call on your life. God's plan and purpose for your life is unique. And no one else can take it from you. We live in a day and age where we're comparing ourselves constantly to what's around us and constantly to those that are around us. But you know what? There's nobody on the planet that can do the assignment God has given you because he didn't give it to them. He gave it to you. Do you believe that this morning? 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says this. Come to Jesus Christ. He is the living stone that people have rejected, but what God has chosen and highly honored. And now you are living stones. Say, I'm a living stone. Not a rolling stone. I'm a living stone. Just wanted to clarify, okay? Uh, that are being used to build a spiritual house. You are a living stone. One of the things I love about that concept is that you're not dead. You're not something he can't mold, he can't use. It's something that he is molding. It's somebody he's using. It's somebody he's placing exactly where he wants you to be. You are a living stone. But the goal for us is to build the spiritual house God designed. First and foremost, you're a spiritual house. He wants to build your house so that you can... Not just stack together, but to connect together with others in order to build something for God's purpose and plan. But that also, the spiritual house represents the church, right, of which you're a part of. So if I can say this this morning, your success is determined by what you build on. You have to build on the chief cornerstone. We talked about that last week. If you've missed last week, listen to the message last week because it'll be a tremendous blessing. Okay, remember the game that we just played? All right, I, want, I got one more piece for you. Ready? One that no one's really going to remember. That's broken. Um, these are for people that stepped on them without Lego slippers. <laughs> if you had the Lego slippers, that wouldn't have happened. If you had nice, gentle, comfy Lego slippers, you wouldn't have broken somebody else. Man, doesn't that speak to the church? Far too many people were stepped on and broke. Far too many people. How much do you think that piece of Lego is worth? Exactly. From God's perspective, it's priceless. From the human perspective, it's now worthless and we throw it out. What do you do with broken Lego? I've seen it with my, my oldest son, Josiah. He's hilarious. If he's missing a piece, it frustrates him. When I was a kid and I played with Lego, it's frustrating. How many of you have ever got a figurine with a missing head? 
You know what I'm saying? Come on, I'm speaking to the, speaking to the, you know, the choir right now. How many have ever had a figurine that was missing the hat for the head? Okay, frustrating, right? But kids don't like playing with broken Lego. To them, that it doesn't look right. It doesn't fit right. It doesn't connect right anymore. Usually, they just get discarded and thrown away. When a Lego piece breaks, it loses its value. And in so many ways, we do exactly the same thing with people. People that are broken. But can I say this morning, God values broken pieces. He loves them. He loves to find purpose again in them. He loves to bring healing. He loves to bring restoration so that they're better than the original. That's his heart. He actually thought so highly of broken pieces that he gave the most incredible thing, his own life. He paid for it with his own blood. Would we do that to someone who's next to us who's broken? Would we do that to somebody who is not only broken but is hurting us and is doing things against us? And I'm not saying don't have boundaries and wisdom in your life. I'm all for that. I think that's wise. But what do we do with broken pieces? God doesn't throw them away. And he asks us not to do the same. He wants us to value those broken pieces and see their value as priceless. Amen? I don't know if you've noticed a pattern in our thinking today. Um, I've noticed it only because, you know, we grew up in some ways, in a, I feel like, in a different generation. But when we were younger, when we had things that were broken, we were always told, fix it. Repair it. Our best friend in our house at one point in time was crazy glue. Remember that? For the Lego movie, it was the Craggle. But for us, it was crazy glue. And I think in our house at one point, I think everything was crazy glued. Remember back in the day when all us little boys were running around out in the back 40, we'd come home, we had grass stains everywhere, which drives his parents, especially the moms, crazy. But then we would always rip holes in our jeans. And remember back in the day, we would put the big, ugly brown patches on our jeans. Come on now. Some of you still do it to your children, and, you, and they don't like you for it. I just want to let you know, as parents, they don't like you anymore because of that. Get rid of the brown patches. But think about this. That's how we lived back then. We fixed things. We repaired things. What do we do today? It's disposable. We get something else. Some of that's because of the quality of, of its craftsmanship. Things are not made like they used to be made years ago. But yet we treat our relationships the same way. And God is saying, value broken pieces because he considers them priceless. He doesn't throw people away, and neither should we. Think about this. Every living stone, you and I, it's not dependent upon how good that, that, that building is built. It's not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon what we build upon. And the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ. And the coolest thing with God is he's not looking for perfect living stones He's just looking for a perfect foundation. And the perfect foundation is already set in place. It's Jesus. So you know what? God has an ability to take broken pieces and actually fit them into the greater puzzle, into the greater purpose of what he has for life, even if they're still broken. You know what's really cool? Can we go back to that broken piece, if that's okay, Amber? Think about that. We can actually take that piece, plug it into a, bit, like a, a building of Lego, and you'll never notice you'll never see it broken. You'll just see it as 
part of a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. Now, the good thing with God is he just doesn't want to leave us broken. He wants to heal us, and he wants to set us free. But you have, you have to understand today, God chooses to build with broken pieces. That's what he chooses. We wouldn't. Think about this. If you were starting a, a work project or a project at school or you're starting some sort of business, you are going to build with the very best of the best. You're going to find the best people. You're going to find the best resources. You're going to find the best stuff. And you're going to put it together because you hope that the best stuff is going to look good. And God says, I'm going to use the broken, and I'm going to make them look good in me. Because everyone just throws those people aside. They're washed up. They're no good. They can't be used. They're too wounded. Well, at one point in, in my life, someone easily could have said the same thing about me. Well, he's messed up. Why in the world would anyone ever invest a dime into that guy? Somebody saw something in me that I couldn't even see myself. Started with my mom. But God brought other people into my life who saw something in me. For those that have been around the church any length of time, you'll probably have heard this phrase before, but it bears, it bears repeating because I say it all the time. At the end of the day, we have to see the seed of greatness in everybody. And if we cannot see the seed of greatness in somebody, then we need to go back into our prayer closet and pray until God shows us how to see the seed of greatness in them. Because if we speak to them out of the frustration of their brokenness, then we're going to keep them in a broken place. But if we speak to them thinking that there's a seed of greatness that is priceless on the inside of them, then guess what's going to happen? They're going to flourish. They're going to thrive because they're connected to the, the right foundation and they're connected to other bricks that are building with the same purpose, the same DNA, and the same heart. To live like Jesus and to love like Jesus. That's what this church is all about. It has not changed for eight years. It's not going to change uh, eight years from now. It is all about living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. It's that easy. How many know loving people that are broken isn't easy? Right? How many know that sometimes those broken people actually remind us of ourselves, but we don't want to admit it? Three of you. Okay, good. All right. The rest will have an altar call for you later. I want you to listen to this statement. Only God can take broken pieces that the world rejects and build them into something better than the world could ever produce. I'm going to say it again. Only God can take broken pieces that the world rejects and build them into something better than the world could ever produce. That's our God. That's how he thinks about you. Amen? When we're talking about living stones, it actually refers to Jesus and to the church as, as a temple. And I, if it's okay, I want to do a very, very brief little church history lesson for you for a second. And I want you to understand the different temples that were made in the Old Testament and in the New and what that means to us today. Because, again, some of us have this concept that we have to build with the best in order to get the best. And there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that in a business context because the Bible does say do everything with excellence. I think that's important. But sometimes we overlook the people God wants us to use because we're so caught up with other things. And sometimes God's simply saying, hey, can you connect to them and help them be a part of this greater thing in their life? But the very first temple that was ever created was actually in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and 2. And it literally talks about the original temple being humanity, us. God made us. He created us as humans and we were the original temple. What's a temple? Not a building. A temple was a place where God resided. 
right? In us, in humans. It was built by God. It was built with perfect stones. Humanity was created without sin. But then sin entered the world and broke God's perfect original design and blueprint, the temple of humanity. Second temple came along. It was Solomon's temple. And 1 Kings chapter 5 and chapter 6, for those that like to kind of reference the scripture verses there, 1 Kings chapter 5. And Solomon's temple was built by humans. And the literal verse in verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, literally says it was built with costly stones. So Solomon was looking for the best, and he ignored everything else. As a matter of fact, he actually overlaid the entire temple inside and out with pure gold. But interestingly enough, this temple that was built with costly stones, that was overlaid by pure gold, was destroyed by a, a, a nation called Babylon. Babylon, you want to know what it means? Thank you for asking. Okay, good. It literally means sinful pride. That's the word Babylon. It means sinful pride, and it comes from the, the shorter Hebrew word called Babel, which means confused. How many know that when we figure, we think we got these great plans and these great ideas, we actually, in the end, fall uh, prey to pride, and in the end, are confused, and we're messed up. We don't know which way we're going. That was the second, second temple. Well, the third temple, or the second temple in the Old Testament, if you want to look at it like this, second physical temple, was found in the book of Ezra. It was built by humans, get this, it literally says with imperfect materials, broken people. It was built by people who had just returned from exile. Well, what were they? Broken. It was built by people surrounded by their enemies. Broken. Built by people who had to keep one hand on their sword and their other hand on the tool just to do it, just to make that building and still stay alive. Broken. It wasn't a perfect temple but the fact that it got built was nothing short of a miracle of God. And, you, and I have news for you this morning. Are you ready for this? The Wailing Wall is the last remaining wall of that temple. The other temple was destroyed. It, there's nothing left of it. The temple that was made with costly stones, the temple that was made with pure gold uh, laid inside and out, it was destroyed and there's nothing left of it. But the Wailing Wall still stands today. The western wall of the, of the Temple of Ezra still stands today, built with imperfect people, with imperfect materials, and God said, I'm going to put my glory on it. And it's going to stand forever, just like you. But I'm so thankful there was another one. His name was Jesus Christ. He came. He came to earth as a living stone. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that he was rejected by men, but he was given high honor by God. He was building his followers, his Christians, his church, into a new temple that is better than the original, better than the Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 temple of humanity. Why? Because he's building with broken pieces on a perfect cornerstone. You can't go wrong. You getting this this morning. Amen? Say, how do we know that? Well, thanks for asking. Who did Jesus use? Fishermen, who were the lowest of the low in that day, he used prostitutes, Mary Magdalene. He used tax collectors, which were hated by every Jew on the planet at the time. He used the people that no one else would use. He didn't pick the Pharisees. He didn't pick the religious leaders. He didn't pick the people that had a master's in theology from a seminary down in the U.S. 
because the U.S. didn't exist, just in case you want to know. Um, he didn't pick any of those. He picked the people that no one else would have ever picked. Because Jesus builds with broken pieces on a perfect cornerstone. Do you see it this morning? The only thing he wants is he wants you, just like that song says that we sang this morning. So perfect. What a perfect song. Thanks, Rachel, for picking that song. That was awesome. But he's coming close. You just got to take your hand away. (laughs) Stop telling Jesus to talk to the hand, okay? Take your hand down. Take the guardrails down. Take the fences, the boundaries, the borders. Take it all down and just let them in. Because I can tell you, he can do something with your broken piece in ways that the world never could do. He can do with your broken piece better than you could ever do yourself. But you've got to trust him. And you've got to see today that he's after you because he knows the potential, because he sees the seed of greatness on the inside of you. Do you believe that this morning? So what do we do? Not only do we let God in, but there's something else we've got to do. We've got to make a decision as a church. We've got to connect with the broken. It's not just good enough to say, okay, God, heal me. God, God bring, you know, love and mercy and help to me. God, you've got to set me free of all my stuff and all my baggage. No, God ever, never, ever, 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 ever calls you to be a Lego piece all by yourself over here. He calls you to be connected. But part of the connection points isn't just you looking for someone who's better than you so that you can become better. Now, I do think there's wisdom in that. But he also calls you to connect to those that need what you have. Maybe something that you've got a breakthrough in that they've never had a breakthrough in, and they're looking to you for an example. So connect both ways. Connect the broken to the love of Jesus. Connect the love of Jesus to that very broken person, that very broken piece that can only at this point receive healing and help and hope. That's the heart of God. Connect them to what He is building. Not what you're building, but connect them to what He is building. I often use this analogy because people often come to me and they say, you know, I just want, you know, God to, you know, confirm what he's trying to tell me in my life. And every time I hear this whole conversation, I keep hearing in my head over and over and over again, you want God to get out of his boat and to come into yours. But what God's asking you is to get out of your boat and get into his. Because he knows how to go, where to go, how to get there, and how quickly to get there. But we don't. But we always have this mindset, well, God, if you just got in my boat and, and, and did what, you, you know, what I want to have done, then everything's going to be okay. How many know that when you're dealing with broken people, it's not very clean? It's messy. Not because they're messy, but because the circumstances that have come against them in their life are messy and because they don't know how to handle it. But Jesus knows how to handle it. But we've got to see those broken pieces and connect to them. What was the heart of God? What was the very first message he ever preached? Thank you for asking. Luke 4.18, this is the very first message he, he literally preached. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The word anointed means the power of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you to break yokes, to break bondages. So he's saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, he has empowered me to break the chains on people. Which ones? Which chains? He's saying he's called me to preach the gospel to the poor. How many know that when you're poor, not just physically, but also in spirit, you need hope, right? He's called to preach the gospel. What's the second thing? He's called me, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, the broken pieces, to proclaim liberty to the captives, those that are broken, and recovery of sight to the blind. Why? Because broken people don't see things. 
How many have ever had a conversation with someone, you get to the end of it, and you're like, you have no clue what I just said. You are not seeing what I'm just saying. You're not, you don't get any of it. I'm so glad Sandra did not put up her hand at that point. That's good. Um, but the reality is, is when people are broken, they're blind. They don't see what's right in front of them. We see it, but they don't see it. So what we need to do is we need to go back in order here. What's the first thing that has to happen? You preach the gospel. What's the gospel? Truth. What's truth? Truth and love. Truth and grace. When we bring that, we say, now we want to restore. What's the, what's the response out of truth? Compassion. Compassion for those that, that don't know the answer. What's the next thing? You're going to be free. It's okay. Just stick through this. You're going to be free. I'm, I'm declaring captivity is going to be broken. And what's the last thing? You're going to see again. It's going to be okay. You're going to see again. And to set at liberty, he just finishes it off. One last thing, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Connect to those God is putting in your path. Connect them to the amazing love of Jesus. And connect them to the truth that can set them free. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a powerful church because broken people are powerful people. When they come through the whole process, you know why? Because they know the love of God. They know the mercy of God. They know the grace of God. And they give it with abundance. Religious people don't know how to give it because they've never received it. Well, I'm just all that, and I go, and we don't want all that here. Thank you very much. There is the door. Do not let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Amen. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Kidding. We're loving here. (laughs) Kidding. Sorry, that was inside voice. Inside voice. Inside voice. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. Can I say this this morning? That you may just be the very Lego piece for that person to connect with. Amen? Every characteristic in your life, every success in your life, every failure in your life, everything that you've ever gone through in your life is a potential connection point. It's not a story of regret. It's a connection point to somebody else. What are you doing with it? Amen? Your past is not a list of events And your past is not a list of successes and failures. It's simply a list of connection points that you can make with other people to get them on board with what God is doing. That's why connect groups are huge. You're going to hear someone's story in that connect group that so resonates with you. You're going to hear someone's testimony of what God did in their life 15 years ago, and it's going to resonate with you. And you're going to hear that testimony. You're going to be like, they've been through it, and I know God doesn't pick favorites, so I think he can get me through it too. God will show you that there's greater purpose for your life than living a disconnected life. Connection brings blessing. It's awesome. Romans 3.23, before you start to think that, hey, I've got it all together and I'm not broken and I'm perfect, just remember Romans 3.23, it says, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. So we have nothing to boast about. God simply wants us to use our story to help someone else connect and grow in Christ. Do you believe that this morning? Amen? I can say it like this. You're not Mr. Gold. You're not Yoda, New York, I love you. You're not even the aluminum Jupiter, Juno, and Galileo worth $2.1 billion. We're all broken pieces, but we can still connect by God's grace. Do you believe that? Some of you say, well, I feel unworthy of God's love. You don't understand what I've done. I say, hey, I know what I've done, and that's pretty bad. I know the things that I've done in my life. 
it doesn't matter what you've done. Now, we need to make it right. And you need to deal with it. You need to get healed and made whole. But God loves you so much. Nothing you've ever done will scare him, will shock him. Because I have news for you. He already knows. And yet he still is coming closer, just like that song says. He's coming closer. He's coming closer because he loves you. Maybe you're broken by other Lego pieces, other Christians, other churches. You say, I don't, I don't know if I can trust this place. I don't know if I can trust what, what, what's going on here. I don't know if I can trust that connect group leader. I've heard good things about that Joel and Lisa Menard, but I just don't know. I have news for you. You know, it's the greatest picture of the church right now is not that perfect people are leading broken people. It's that broken people are leading broken people because of our connection to the perfect one. And as you're getting healed and made whole, someone next to you is getting healed and made whole, and someone connected to you is getting healed and made whole, and someone connected to you is getting healed and made whole, and then the next one's getting healed and whole. The next one, the next one, the next one keeps going down the line. But healed and made whole will not happen when you are over here. God still loves you, and God in his supernatural sovereignty will still touch your life absolutely because he loves you. And he's still chasing you. But if this is the choice, I have news for you. You're going to be limited in what you experience. You're going to be limited. Again, not because God doesn't love you, but because God has a plan in a perfect place, that he, a plan that he's put into place just for us to understand. There's a human connection that you need. Amen? For those that have maybe never made a decision today, I have a very simple question. Will you connect to Jesus today? For those that have maybe already made that decision You have to understand today, not only does he want to connect with you, but he wants you as his followers to connect to those that are around you. He wants you to connect to those that are broken. Why? Because Jesus values broken pieces more than you'll ever know. He values broken pieces. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.